0: to the Pinnacle Mindset show. It's Tuesday night, um, nearly eight o'clock. My name's Hez. We've also got my other partner in crime, Robbie, and our special guest tonight is Richard Small. Hi. Excellent. So the theme of tonight's show is we're going to be talking about PTSD, sports, mental health, um, and any other areas that we just basically get chatting about uh, tonight. So Richard, if we just start off with an introduction about yourself. Um, just give us a lowdown about your, your sort of background, where where you used to work, what you've done, um, and then we can sort of ask some questions from there.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, so I'm I'm Richard Small, uh, originally from the Midlands. Uh, joined the Royal Marines at 21. Did uh, just under 11 years did two tours, in Iraq and Afghanistan, um, left as a training corporal. Um, yeah, I, I moved, out, moved out of that into the private sector doing uh, private security work, and now I've moved into the uh, events and hospitality kind of industry. I run my own festival, also help out um, and as a consultant on a few other festivals, and, and yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to bring work and uh, well, I'm trying to bring sports and mental health together um, because I believe it's a it's a good thing to to ease the mind and be able to to be able to move forward with a few things. And what I do is I try and bring friends, I try to bring um, like veteran owned businesses into the into the little things, bring them together so we can all work together and all hopefully ideally make a little bit of money as well. But it's uh, the bottom line of it is basically keeping lines of communication open to each other.
0: Yeah, cool. Fantastic, it sounds great. So just sort of going back to your, um, your, your days when you were, you know, a Royal Marine, uh, um, how, how, how were things when you were, you know, in that position? I mean, you must have found it quite tough, some very challenging situations, obviously. Um, how did you cope with it? And, and, you know, did you get any sort of side effects from when you were doing the, the role or, or afterwards?
1: Yes, yeah, so, um, I mean, I've painted a little bit of a background. I, when I joined the Royal Marines, it was, uh, for me, it was more a necessity. Um, my life was going in the wrong direction. Um, my whole, like, childhood is not, it's not the best. I wouldn't say it's the worst. It's not the greatest. Uh, at one point, I, was, I ended up homeless. So the Royal Marines, for me, was actually a saviour. And that's how I looked at it. Um, and because of that, I actually like, embraced everything about it. I loved going away. I loved training. Um, I, I loved every element of what we were doing as a Royal Marine. Um, like I say, the biggest thing for me is having a tough day. I remember one of the things that I saw was one of my best mates, Ben Ben Wadham. He, uh, me and him, when we were on our junior command course, I looked across. I was like, I'm done. I, I don't want any more of this. I'm, I'm done. I looked across and he was just in a worse state than I was. And I was like, make sure he's all right. And then like two days later, he looked across and... I was in a worse state than he was and we all just bounce off each other and, and I was very, very privileged to be able to move around quite a lot, do a load of different roles, meet a load of people and I've got I've got some incredible friends and we all really, really looked out for each other,
2: massively. Fantastic. I think that's like anything, you know, like military or police or something like that, that brotherhood, innit? You can't put your finger on, there's something special about it. Yeah, you know, I completely understand that, yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely. You must have overcome some losses as well of some very close... Uh, team members and very close friends because you know you're in a, a unit together you know it's not like you can go off and do your own thing in a, in a normal job so did you how, how did you manage to over overcome those sort of challenges as well
1: so um yeah uh, unfortunately I, th- I think also in the last five years it, um when I was in the job, most of the guys that most of the funerals that we went to were guys that had lost lost their lost their lives whilst in Iraq or Afghan or tragically in like, in like traffic accidents and things like that. It's only been more pertinent, really, that uh, the last few years that we've been going to uh, to funerals of guys that have been taking their own lives due to SD. I don't think there's any real real way of dealing with it. Um, you've got to talk to your friends. You've got you've got to, you've got to lean on people that are hurting at the same time as well. Um, but these are the kind of people that you know will understand. Um, the, the, the good thing about the brotherhood is, like Robbie said, one of the really good things about the brotherhood is it doesn't matter whether you're an army RAF, Navy, Marines, whatever. Para, uh, if you need to lean on someone, you lean on someone that you know that's been there. Um, talk to someone that we've got. We've we, like my, one of my really good friends has started a group called UK Bootnecks, and they uh, we have it, it's not just it's not just the Marines in there. It's for everyone, and we've got a couple of Paras in there. Things like that we found a really good friend. He's next Marine. Um, none of us knew him in that group, um, and he's become he's become as close to anyone um, that have served together. Um, and it's just because of the understanding that you have when times are tough. I know that I know that he won't mind me, me speaking about uh, like he's had some really really tough times, um, mm-hmm. and he's lent on us loads. But he's for me he's been there so much. Um, over the last two years and I've had to lean on him a lot and he's always been there just like just like uh, Ben Wadamaz, uh, Will McLaren, Dean Vallis, all these guys that I serve with they've been absolute rocks for me um, and and we, 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 just try, we just try to be there for each other We've it's, it's always about making a phone call or, make, or sending a message to someone every week, every day, just, just reach out to somebody. Um, and then every, every week, every two weeks reach out to somebody you haven't reached out for, out to for a long, long time and just, just touch base. And it's just about keeping the lines of communication open with everyone.
0: Definitely. And that was the question I was going to ask is about the communication with, you know, your former colleagues. It's just as important as your colleagues, I guess, now with your current job. Yeah. Um, and did you go through any counselling as well, or did you just do it all in your own kind? You dealt with it yourself, or was it really your friends that were there because they'd experienced the same situation as yourself?
1: No, I've 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 reached out. I've reached out to uh, to a friend of mine, uh, Jamie Sanderson. Um, we've had a chat. Um, I've I've reached out to a couple of people just to, just to help me through but yeah a lot of it is the brotherhood leaning onto the brotherhood yeah. um and I wouldn't say it's because we've all been through the same thing it's it's one of the, one of the things that I'm that I I've always struggled with is is how one person can see one thing one way and another can see it another way to the extent that they're going to take their own life and that's what I'm 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 trying to bridge the gap and find out why people think that there isn't enough help out there or they can't talk to their brothers sisters, they, I mean, from from part of the family, they can't talk to their extended family, their normal family, that the mum, the dad, the sister, the brother, that kind of thing, Um, and it gets to a state where they they genuinely feel they've got nowhere else to turn. Um, That's the one thing that I'm I struggle with, and I'm trying to find, I'm trying to bridge the gap to find out what what's going on with that. And um, and yeah, the best way I can do with that is is we're all as, as long as we all talk and you feel very comfortable to talk to other people, even if it is something that you feel embarrassed about, ashamed about, something like that, you're still able to turn around to one of your brothers or sisters and say, look, I am struggling, I need some help with this. And ultimately from that, if, if you can have that chat and it, 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 leads, it leads to other things, you can either you, you feel better from that chat, or if you don't, there's other avenues that people can go down to help you. And ultimately there's, there's quite a few charities and, and resources out there now that are really doing a great job, I mean, better than a great job, a fantastic job. Um, And I mean, yeah, for me, I think it's about 30 years too late, maybe 40 years too late, but like the what the government are doing or what the military are doing now and what the charities are doing now, I think it's incredible. But I just think we're going to have this massive backlog because it's, this has been going on since 82, since, since yeah. Auckland, since before that, since Northern Ireland. Um, it's been going on a long, long time and it's only just being identified. When you think about how far you go back, it's only been identified and really people are starting to really push on to the, onto the fact that people need proper help. It's only really just started.
0: Totally agree there. And also another thing which I think the government needs to make aware of is having the money in the the investment for it. Um, And I know that a lot of charities these days are aimed at men now, which is finally great because everybody just thinks that problems sometimes in the past just used to be for women. And actually, no, men can go through just as much, no matter whether it's a trauma, a loss your work situation your your home situation there's so many triggers that can happen these days uh, with mental health um, and you know we've seen over the last few years that it's really coming to light now social media is big on it people are talking more people are not embarrassed or scared or frightened and i think it's just relaying the message that you know we're all as one not to be not to be ashamed of, of talking no matter how big or small the problem is. Do, do you agree there as well,
2: Robbie? Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. I think the biggest thing for men, I think it is, I think obviously Richard the same, it's a bit of some, a bit more like the masculine, being a man is you can't talk, you've got to hold it all in and you've mm. got to be the man about it. Whereas, you know, it, it's all right to be not all right, if you know what I mean. You know, everyone will get like this. And I think it is an education uh, gap somewhere where, you know, even at school, I never got taught anything about mental health. So, mm-hmm. Richard, got shoved in the, in the big world, world, and it's like, oh, this is daunting, you know. And then you carry on, and then you find you think, oh, I'm a bit struggling here. I feel a bit down there. I'm anxious about this. I, and if I spoke about it, I wouldn't have had the problems I did, but I kept it all in, and then it bubbled up, shall we say. And I think, Richard, you will probably say the same, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, what, one thing that, I'm that again, that I, people are just starting to realize is PTSD isn't just for the military either. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, one of the biggest things for me is I've got friends that are ex-military that are all in the emergency services now, ambulance, fire, police. And then you've got the prison service as well. Mm-hmm. These guys and girls, day in, day out, have traumatic experiences that are not addressed. And they haven't been addressed properly. In the military, you have it all condensed when you go to war. Um, into like anywhere between three and a six month period, uh, these guys and girls they're they're there doing this job day in day out. Like for instance, ambulance drivers. I mean, I don't I don't know how they do it. I mean, that they are absolute saints. Mm. The NHS. I'm talking doctors at, um, and nurses that work in in A and E and things like that. These are the guys that are uh, just as much on the front line as we were ever ever were, wow. and they're seeing trauma day in day out, like big big trauma. And they're the ones that need the help as well. It's not, and this is what I love about a lot of the charities. A lot of the charities, even the ones that started off a military background. They are. They, they started as like with the Royal Marines background, and and then they diversified into the army, into the RAF. They're now doing all of them, and and it, it, even to the point where women like you've got birth. Birth is a traumatic experience as well, and yeah. people forget that, and they talk about the postnatal thing. It's the same thing. It's a traumatic, really traumatic event that has that has made your something upstairs, or it's you're making you look at life slightly differently. It's making you depressed. It's making you anxious. It all needs addressing. Every bit of it does. And people, I don't people are. are just starting to realise that it's not just the war junkies or what, whatever happened out there it is everyone through every walk of life and that's the one thing that I'm really really loving is that everyone's getting on board that as well it needs to be that one of that message I mean yes it is quite pertinent in some specific areas but it really need the message needs to go out that it is everybody and this is why you check on everybody not just your military friends you check on all your friends everyone around you awesome.
0: Awesome. Totally agree. And obviously, you know, we're, we're going through a, a very trialing and testing time with COVID at the moment. Believe me, it's not been easy for anyone. If anyone can say right now, as in today, it's been a doddle and it's been easy this year, then there's, they're on another planet because we've all been suffering in, in, in minor or major ways. I've had setbacks, you know, I, I suffer from a bit of depression and, and anxiety through stuff that's happened to me in the past. And yeah, I have days when I'm like, oh, it's all fine. And then suddenly a bit of reality, re- you know, reality kicks in watching something on the news or someone says something or I'm sat in my flat and I'm missing my family because, you know, I haven't seen them since Christmas. And that that's the truth. I haven't seen most of my family for seven, six, seven months. So how, how are you, you know, how, how are you dealing with COVID at the moment with, with everything that's been going on in the past?
1: Uh, so so more recently um i'm dealing with a lot better um at the beginning part i just quite cr- i was just like Doing my normal thing, going out for my runs, uh, yeah. keep myself busy. I just obviously wasn't going out and meeting people, so I was I was doing a lot of work online. Yeah. I did a few courses and everything was fine. And then I I found after about was about six weeks, I found myself like struggling to get out of bed. Um, and I, I think at, at its worst, I was in bed for three days, wow. getting up to just go to eat coming back downstairs, coming back up upstairs and going to going back into bed and yeah. and really struggling to to motivate myself. And I spoke to my friends about it. a little bit but it's hard they're like come on get up come on you know you've got it and, and I'm like yeah yeah of course I am yeah I'm getting up now phone down yeah just like blanket back over it, it was really really hard um and the transition into that is the next phase of this get, getting out of my bed and actually getting into into doing some stuff um luckily I've uh, work has picked up a little bit um the festival stuff, we'll go on to that probably a little bit later, um, has picked up a little bit. There's there's more for me to do, and, and I'm, I'm actually getting a little bit more excited. We're, we're able to rugby train again, so that means I'm outside. I'm rugby training with the lads. I'm back with yeah. the lads. and yeah. um, and because we were allowed to go and see um, a different household, you're allowed to go and be in another bubble. I went to see one of my best friends, um, my godfather who's his my kids, Matthew Williams. He, yeah. uh, he was my boss. In, my He was my original troop boss when I was going that's through training as a, as a Marine. Wow. He's now one of my best friends in the world. And getting that's down there incredible. to see them, because that is like proper family to me.
0: Oh, that's lovely. I bet that that's brought awesome. a massive smile to your face. Just the simplest <laughs> little things in life right now, you have to cherish, don't you? Because okay. it's it's suddenly everybody... For me, I felt, I don't know whether you feel like this as well, Robbie, for me, I felt a bit like a prisoner, especially beginning of covid when it was complete everyone's using the word lockdown it's very americanism but that's how it's been mm-hmm. It's when you know you can't go and see anybody you can't really go to the shops you can go for a walk but you're not you know you've got to. You, you're only allowed to do one form of exercise a day do you remember at the beginning of covid and then now things are slowly easing back you know i'm back to rugby training tomorrow i can't wait well with a difference fitness training yeah. um, you guys are back
2: a day after
0: <laughs> yeah Thursday is going to be fun climbing up two flights of stairs to my flat can't wait <laughs> I'm going to set up a bed downstairs by the front door it's
1: basically an extended fat camp at the beginning of the pre-season that's what it
0: is yeah. just when I'm telling everybody I'm super fit now because I'm doing so much fitness I think that might be a bit of a lie
1: <laughs> I, I, I everyone thought I was super fit until I got back to training and I was like about- I was about 10 kilos overweight and uh, yeah but it's all right it, it drops off real easy now
0: beer one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me 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 beer so yeah so um obviously talking about the rugby side of things um you've gone back to training have you gone yes. back to training this week
1: yeah, uh, so we were actually, um, so we were training four weeks ago, I think we went back, Ooh. but it was, uh, it was literally social distancing training. So you could. we could turn up, we couldn't even, we, we couldn't even use our, our AG, AGP pitch um because we weren't allowed so we were back on the grass and they were set basically how how uh, our coach would set it out as he'd put out a load of uh combed areas that was each individual person's area and oh. you were not allowed if you had to go for the run there was a, it was a marked route out of that area to keep everyone um social distancing away from each other you couldn't even like give each other a pat on the back afterwards it was just like turn up do the fitness have a bit of chat walk off like see you next week guys and it was it was very weird and it, it 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 was nice that the brotherhood bit was back but it was really weird and it wasn't it wasn't working for me and I then became lazy and was like yeah forget that so we went back on Monday we're doing um we do Monday Wednesday on pre-season then we switched to Tuesday Thursday and uh, yeah last night was my first pre-season um session with the lads and it was hard it was very hard yeah
0: very hard that's what I'm expecting and you Rob as well You, you you're back at training or fitness training now aren't you
2: yeah yeah so um I've since lockdown, I think we've all drank too much. <laughs> too much. Yeah. Um, and I've been sort of, I went back to pre-season last week and I thought I was going to have a heart attack if I'm honest.
1: <laughs> I couldn't get my heart rate down last night. I'm 38 years old, my heart rate's
2: not meant to be 183. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, it, uh, yeah. It's weird as well because still there's still restrictions, and it's literally yeah. we're literally just pure feds. Instead of you know being able to pass a ball or kick a ball, you can't do bets on the basics. So it's literally just pure fitness. Go and run the p- length of the pitch. What? Yeah. I don't normally do that in a game. I know.
0: <laughs> Not anymore, anyway.
2: Yeah. It's, it's,
0: it's <laughs> gonna be weird for me tomorrow. Is like I'm gonna meet my team for the first time in so many months tomorrow. I mean, I've seen a couple of them. For social distance walks but the natural thing is you just want to give them a hug yeah. or a pat on the back and we're not allowed to do any of that because of the social distancing thing and we're going to be in little bubbles of five with a, a dedicated bubble team leader who's Ooh. going to be doing our, all our training for us so yeah i'll report back on how that goes after tomorrow night if i'm back still <laughs> yeah good stuff um and then that kind of takes us on to sport generally so yeah talking about like atmospheres of sport as well I mean I am a football fan as well I love all sorts of sports I know someone's got someone's got to like a little bit of football
1: I'm a Liverpool fan
0: I'm not gonna say a word (laughs) I'm a i am I support a Midlands team (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're doing all right in the premiership at the moment but you know fine <laughs> 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 to guess top six i'm gonna go wolves yes yeah
2: i thought i'd say that yeah
0: <laughs> the mighty wolves yes we, we we we're doing all right at the moment so I've europe come on yeah i know but it's just like typical i watched the uh, the everton game last night just that noise that background noise is so not the same so can you imagine if we're playing rugby whenever that starts and we're not allowed a crowd how how do you think you know mentally players or we would deal with that in that situation
1: well it's funny you say that I was I've literally just been reading Um, I I, one of my rituals in the morning now is I I, I read the news uh, I I put the news on and then get my sky sports app up and Paul Gustard from uh, from Harlequin's actually been in in contact with um, Frank Lampard Because he wants to know how Franks has taken this Chelsea team from the very average side through COVID, playing with no support whatsoever. He's taken up to third in the table. So so he's reaching out um, and asking... He's like, how, how have you done it? Like, what, what, what's it like? Like, how, what do I say to my players? Like, how do you, how do you react to something if, if the crowds are not there helping you to react to it as well? And so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to say that even the, even the professionals are, are reaching out to other professionals to find out how you go about it because it's going to be different. Like a lot of, a lot of teams. Like, for instance, Exeter Chiefs—they're one of the most, they're, they're one of the most driven sides, but with a crowd behind them yes um everyone talks about the crowd being the 16th person with them i think it's 16th and 17th like they get really they get real with that tomahawks on they really get going same with same with saints at the gardens mm-hmm. so it's going to be interesting with these teams um but that have their their stadiums are really the play at the um uh, the support is really close to the pitch where you get that real big atmosphere. Yeah. How are they going to fare when they don't have an atmosphere? The likes of Saracens, their team, there's a running track between them and their and their supporters. Like, the atmosphere isn't as as bubbling and as electric, so it might not affect them as much. It's just little things like that that I'm thinking that, is this, is it going to make it slightly easier for another team and things like that? It's, it's, it's weird with London Irish going to their brand new stadium. Um, they, they they're, they're going to walk into their brand new stadium they thought they were going to run out in front of all their all their yeah. crowds it's going to be it's going to be dead yeah. um that's going to be their new home ground how are they going to how are they going to deal with that i genuinely don't know i've never run out into a stadium no. where, where i haven't
0: had that atmosphere around me No, and it's just going to be it's going to be mentally challenging you think about like my team's quins i love i love them i've seen them loads of times yeah the stoop is massive. The capacity there. I mean, yeah. I've been fortunate to play sevens on there last year, and we only had a few people in the crowd. But somehow, yeah. I dealt with that. But I'm thinking, when it's a bit more of a serious game, like a Premiership game, both for the men's sport and for women's yeah. Premiership as well, literally, you almost think, are they being coached at the moment, moment on if there is a return to go back minus the crowd? Mentally, yeah. how they deal with it? Because you know, when you when you score a try in rugby or a a goal in football the crowd go wild and then now the players are just like oh okay and you think that takes probably even more motivation than ever yeah to get up in the mornings and go and play that sport without obviously
2: richard you played professional rugby yes for a, long, for a long time. And that'd be something interesting because even, uh, you know, even, you know, some of the league I play in, they still got fans, ain't not you? And it does do yeah. you on, apart from yeah. some of the fans I got just shout abuse at me. <laughs> 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 Obviously, someone from yourself, I think, that does that not motivate you, don't you, when you're going out into a crowd? It, it does. I'll w- I w- I just, I'll
1: just create that. I wouldn't say it was a long time. I did. <laughs> I would I'm have liked it. I'd have liked to have played for a long time at that level. But no, I, I, I joined the Marines and, uh, and then my life took a whole new route from there. But that I, I was lucky enough whilst playing, whilst being in the Marines, playing for some teams, and we got some crowds there, some, sometimes some quite big crowds there. So it was, uh, it was nice. But yeah, um, no, I, I was, again, I was reading up today about they're looking at trialing, bringing um, supporters back in. In September, I can't remember off the top of my head if it was a if it was a football game or a uh, or a darts. Um, There was they were saying they're going to trial bringing back a few supporters because I think if you can section off the uh, the stadiums, yes, you're 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 not going to have nowhere near as many people. You Mm. can still get an atmosphere with with a Mm. few people in there. You if you put in, I I've been to the Stoop where they've only had. I've been to one of the one of the when England women first started playing there. My friend Miley Packard said, "Please come down," and uh, and you know that they have they only have one. Well, they used to only have that one side open, and it used to be half full. And I tell you what, that used to that that, for me, I used to be like, "Wow, that's that's some noise being created from like a thousand people were there." I mean, in the early days, it was only about 400. Now a women's game, they fill it. And I love it. I, I love going there. Yes. I, go, I go to as many women's internationals as I can. I go, I've, I've still got friends that play for WAFs women oh, and yeah. Sarries, So I go as much as I can if I'm not playing to go and watch the women's game as well. Yes. And it's just amazing that I've seen the transition from no fans to fill-in stadiums. Uh, and, and I think it's, it's going to have a massive effect on, on the women's game as well. Because yes. you've got some of the young girls that have come through and they don't know what it was like to play without any fans. They're, they're coming out and people are cheering them on and they're, you're not going to have that. Mm. It's, it's going to be weird. It is going to be weird. And it's, it's going to be hard to control lower down the levels. So when you think about people paying to go and watch, and then you think about maybe like National 2 yes. or below them, when you can get two, three, four, sometimes 500 people turning up to watch. Mm. It's not a gated stadium. It's people, mm. it's usually public land. Mm. And or, or it's open and you can just walk in. So how are you going to stop people coming to watch rugby where because they cause they've got nothing else alive to go and watch? When the games start up again, I think it's next month, isn't it? July. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Premiership starts up in August the fourteenth, I think it is, and yeah, then um, on, yeah. and then local games start in September.
0: Mm.
1: So I'm I'm hoping that they've got something in place
0: yeah i hope so too and it is literally watch this space because i'm just as intrigued and interested as you are i guess you are as well rob aren't you because yeah you're right as much as it's going to affect the the big the big boys and the big you know the ladies paid games it's going to affect our level of rugby as well because you know okay i i play for a side that you know we've done all right we've we've gone from a development side through to you know a reasonable league um and we get i don't really know how many people we get on an average sunday because we play sunday games but we get a nice number we get the regulars and we get some people that just literally take the dog for the walk for a walk and they're like oh there's some sports, like yeah. yeah. let's go for a beer and watch some sport and then they re- realize it's women's rugby and they're like wow you guys can tackle you're not a bad side <laughs> it's like, yeah. yes and we've been surprised well we've got some of the first team men that have come because they never because they're always hung over on a sunday and then they come <laughs> and watch us and they're like yeah you ladies can play and we're like well yeah. we have played for nine years we're, we're quite good <laughs> yeah
1: yeah god yeah
0: oh, god. <laughs> well i've played for nine years <laughs> yeah so taking us on to or continuing with the rugby theme uh richard is obviously i'm noticing a little logo here for london
1: Sevens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a bit of promotion there um, so, tell us a little bit more about your involvement with london sevens what's happening what's going on so that the viewers can uh find out a bit more
1: yeah okay so ldn7s is a sports music festival held predominantly on the first bank holiday weekend in may um it, i was i'm the founder of it um i uh i literally was getting bored of going to like these smaller events that were there was you had you had either the big event or the really really small event and i'm trying to bridge that gap and then obviously make it make it more appealing we're looking at rugby hockey netball um and uh this year obviously it was meant to happen in may didn't happen in may we've held off on um on cancelling it um because i'm we're still in talks with the council and uh having been on the phone to them today Um, they're still very excited that this could go ahead. Um, uh, The bank holiday weekend in August, so the twenty eighth, 29th and 30th of August. So the the gates open on Friday the 28th. The the games are going to be Saturday the 29th, Sunday the 30th, and then Monday the 31st is a bank holiday. We are, at this moment, we are still a go. We are not releasing tickets on sale until... Until we get the full green light, which we should know by Friday this 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 week, Monday at the latest, all we've got to do is we've got to submit how we're going to do our social distancing and things like that. So we've broken it up into smaller arenas. We're controlling the crowd a little bit more. We're going to do COVID testing on the way in. So we're hopefully going to hopefully have a... Um, a sterile area so at the moment we still are a go if we can't do the rugby which will be really upsetting mm. we're still going to have the festival theme for, for, the, for the day and we're going to have the rugby up on the big screens we're going to have some of the football up on the big screens we're going to create a couple of uh, a couple of different arenas that you can, that we can have sport on all day so you can be outdoors in the sun watching sport listening to music there's going to be some themed areas as well there's going to be some good food there it just is and there's camping going to be camping available so it's one of those where you can just go and just relax and put your feet up and just have a, have a weekend away even if you're in London just mm. go put, your, put your tent up and have, have that festival feel get mm. drunk and be hung over the next day and then go out to the stumble out to the bar have a hair of the dog and just look at a rugby pitch Go wow i'm glad i'm not playing today type thing and <laughs> um, that's the idea so we're, we're not we're not giving up the ghost yet i know i know today um Uh, It's Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, today it was um, Summer Social pulled out. Um, they're, they're the last big one to say that we can't do it. Right. Um, I think it, I'm I've, I've, having spoken to someone about that. I think it's I think their hands have been tied a little bit on a few other things where yeah, we're not too we we we're, we're not governed by too many other people um, at the moment. So we're doing what we can. We're speaking to the right people. This believe me, this won't go ahead unless it's safe. Um, that's yeah. the last thing I want. But at the same time, I know how many people out there want want this to happen and oh. I'm going to give yeah. them something.
0: For sure. And, you know, I'm an advocate for any sort of festival, mainly sport festival these days. I've been going to Bournemouth Sevens for the last goodness knows how many years. Yeah, so sad about that not happening this it year. Was. Very sad. Um, but, you know, one of those things, it was just out of their hands very very big attracts what is it 30,000 people a year plus 30,000
1: people a year down at Bournemouth yeah
0: absolutely amazing and then I go to a couple of other sevens tournaments which haven't happened so if, you know if this does happen fingers crossed I'm 100% going to be there with, with a load of my team because try and stop us
1: <laughs> bring, bring a camera and the microphone you can do
0: it you can do a, uh, a show there uh, no. Awesome. I'm gonna just drink and play rugby if I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, leave me on my own, then. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a, fr- I tell you what, we could do
1: a Friday night show, because it opens on Friday night. Do a Friday night show with a few, with a small crowd around you. Get it done, get it done, pack it all away, and then drink for the whole weekend. Yeah, I'm up yeah. for that.
0: As long as it can be ten minutes with a beer in the hand, and keep- and somebody keeps refilling it. There we are, Rob, there's your job. Love it. You've got beer boy. <laughs> 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 Sorry, Rob. <laughs> Sorry. Lovely. Well, that sounds really exciting. So keep us posted, please, yep. on how things go with that, because obviously, you know, you'll be plastering that all over social media when you get the go-ahead. And yep. wow, that will be really good if we can get that going. And lots oh, of God, yeah.
1: I, I, all fingers crossed
0: toes and, crossed. and toes crossed. Good stuff, um, Rob. Anything else for you? I was going to say, um, Rich and I know you
2: do a lot of charity work as well. Uh, you've been involved, and um, obviously, I just wanted to be, learn more, more. I think you've got your own charity as well. No, so it's not my
1: it's not my charity. It's one that I uh, so basically it's, it's Scotty's little Scotty's little soldiers, um, and it's Scotty's Tigers, which are the rugby team for that charity. So it was set up by a, a girl called Nikki O'Donnell, and uh, she. I fantastically got it going, got a world record uh, out a bit as well, doing a lot of stuff for charity. And, and then she, she turned around to me uh, when I left the military. Um, she turned around and said, look, I'm doing this. I want you involved. And I was like of course I'll be involved. So I've been helping her run the, the men's and women's rugby teams and we took it internationally. So we, we ended up going to Ibiza. We went to Dubai to the Sevens. We We've been to, we, we did Dubai twice, men's and women's teams, which was very difficult to organise, that was. Yeah. But um, but then we do a lot of the local Sevens teams as well. And we, we usually choose four or five um, tournaments within the UK. And then depending on how much uh, commitment we've got, because it, it it's, ultimately it's there to spread to spread a message. If we've had full commitment all year, then we'll try our hardest to get a European or, a, or an overseas tournament in as well, if we've got good commitment, because it, it will mean that the message is being spread far and wide as well. And yeah, Nick- so what would be the underlying message you're trying to spread? So, the Scottish uh, Soldiers is one of them. So they do, they, they basically, they help out um, children if if something's happened to mum or dad, whilst in the military, um, so they do things from just presents at Christmas time, holidays of a lifetime, sometimes, um, and literally just general support for the children. Uh, because sometimes it's when you talk about the military, you always think of whoever's in the military. Mm-hmm. It's also you've got to have the knock-on effect of people, mm-hmm. the family that are not in the military. And if something is to happen to the breadwinner or, or mum or dad of, of the family, sometimes it has a massive effect on the kids. Yeah. So we can't mm-hmm. we can't forget really get that. But then I do some work for Rock to Recovery which is, um, it was, it's, um, Jason Fox and Jamie Sanderson. They set that up. Um, we do, um, a few of the lads do charity events. We all, we all go and participate in those help out where we can with that. That's, that's a mental health charity. And, and like I say, they've diversified from just doing the, from helping out with the military stuff. They go all the way through um, civil servants and everything now. Oh. So it, it, it's brilliant. And they yeah, they're, they're just two, um, I, I literally if, if someone comes to me with an idea or they need some help with anything to do with a charity, I'm um, I'm I'm usually all ears. And if I can help, this is one of the things I want to do with LDN sevens. We have the British Legion come down, we have Scotties there. A lot of our teams are charity-based teams. Um, yes. and I make sure that I make sure they all get a discount coming in, but then also I make sure that where a lot of other events they'll be like, right, it's X X amount to have your tent here and then it's a little bit more if you want to have two tents in. Mm-hmm. They can spread their word for us for, for free. They can, they can shake their, their bucket and get some money. I'm, not, I'm, I'm completely um, happy with them to do all of that. I want the word to be out there about everything. I mean, I'm, one of the things that I'm looking at in the future, I'll say one of the things that we're looking at in the future, is creating a charity tournament, like a charity league.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: the, the winner of that tournament will donate money to the winning team um not not to the team but the winning charity will we'll, we'll yeah. check to the winning charity as part of that um we're trying to do quite a few little things like a little uh we want to do a little military league as well a little military sevens league so you could be the uh the armed forces sevens champions and things like that it's quite yeah. quite fun we've got some ideas going forward to how to uh how to make it a bit a bit better but yeah i i'm i'm I, we're very 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 open to having all charities down there and and Like getting their word out to everyone, because you have quite quite a like. Both of you know when you go to a a sevens tournament, quite a big one. You have a diverse group of people there, and you you never know who you might bump into there, who might be able to help you out, take you to the next level on the charity kind of on the charity push, yes
2: and things like that. On, I was like, you're just uh, is inspirational. You know, you (laughs) (laughs) literally. Now I feel so good. I don't know how you do it. It's just so you know. to you literally just go? Eh, yeah, I need some help. Ah, oh, here you go and literally, you'll help us let any charity fly. So I, like I, try, I try my hardest to do anything for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know that's incredible, and I think you I think you should be proud of yourself for what you do. <laughs> I think people don't. I think no one said that to you. I think you should be proud of yourself, mate. Thank you, Robbie. That's very kind words, mate. Very no, cool. good.
0: No, very good. It's, mo- it's you, you seem like very positive. Lots of motivation and i think if you've got that kind of um positivity and get up and go then you'll get you'll get you'll get what you want and you know you'll you'll succeed so keep, keep up the hard work thank
1: you very much. i'm glad i'm glad this is now and not like a few weeks ago when i couldn't get out of bed oh. <laughs> you nice know, yeah. the, the sun's out now and 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 i'm able to go outdoors a lot so i'm
2: all right i'm, I'm and oh, rugby, we're rugby, happy rugby train is back so i'm all right <laughs> Awesome. Now, just one last thing for actually, for people who have suffered with COVID, still struggling. Anyone you know who is having a bad day, or is down, or struggling. What would be your advice to them?
1: My advice would it's uh, it's it's a bit cheesy, and it comes from uh, some old Navy Seal that that said it. But the simple things: get up, make your bed, is uh, is the first thing. I mean, I I don't know when that. His whole speech came out about that, but we were getting told that years ago. Like the biggest thing to do is to get up, make your bed. That's your first task done of the day. Get downstairs, make coffee, have some breakfast, and then literally just 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 being up and out of from one room to another. It Mm -hmm. changes your whole outset for the day. And then you can then then you can turn around. Right, what do I need to do? And you just need is the self motivation. It's very hard to do, but if you can get up, doesn't matter if it's not eight o'clock, nine o'clock, or or even ten o'clock. If you can get up, make your bed, have a shower, get yourself ready for the day. Even if it is halfway through the day, you you will then feel like you'll you'll feel more energized and and you'll you'll want to do something with the day, especially if the sun's out. Awesome. Like, it's that's one of the biggest things I can say is get up and make the bed and, and have the shower, and, and that's that's a re- that's the best way to start any day, any day. Yeah, great advice, thank,
0: thank you. Totally agree, and I do that every day. <laughs> the bed is not done, <laughs> I'm still in bed all day.
1: <laughs> my, my, my bed's always made in the morning. I, I literally, I if, I I walk, if I walk past my housemate's room and his bed's not made, I have to make it for him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just does it on purpose now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the OCD yes. <laughs> Kicking yeah. in. Fantastic. Right, so um, I don't have any more questions. Rob, anything else?
2: No, no. I think I said you've been a great guest. Thank you for, so much thank for your you time,
0: much, guys. Absolutely p- pleasure to, tonight, Richard. is to, all
2: mine. Nice thank you today. so much
0: for having me um, on. No worries, and it's been really good to talk to you and hear all your experiences and your adventures and everything. Um, we'll be airing this very shortly, so as soon as it's aired, obviously we'll let you know. Yep. Um, for the viewers, if there's any further questions you've got, then we're on uh, Facebook, which is the Pinnacle Mindset Show feel free to drop us a line on facebook um and look forward to the next show that we've got coming up soon so lots of exciting guests for the future we'd love to have you back soon richard maybe oh. we might do another uh, one where we can sh- you know talk about how how the the festival went yeah that'd I mean, be awesome Get get that pen- penciled in, in in for September. But
1: um,
0: <laughs> for now it's been a been a pleasure, and thank you very much for everybody's time tonight.
1: Thank you very thank much you. for having me. It's been an honour being on. Thank you. No
0: worries. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you. Take, Take
0: care. care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.